than cheesy for you. <laughs> Not cheesy enough, and I have my Netflix history to prove it on this episode of Unblock. Welcome back to Unblock. This is your host, Miguel Ortiz. And in this episode, we'll be chatting with the program director of the IBM Blockchain Expert Labs Group, Veronique Moses. But before we get started, I would like to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. Unblock is available in most podcast platforms. And if it's not available in your platform of choice, or you have questions or suggestions, send us an email at unblockpodcast at gmail.com. Now, without further delay, here is our chat with Veronique. Hello, my name is Veronique Moses, and I am the IBM Blockchain Expert Labs North America Practice Leader. Um, and I've been at IBM for about over 20-ish years. Um, wow. And so my current role, as you mentioned, I'm in blockchain and what, we're, what we do is we are um, providing software services to our clients on behalf of IBM Blockchain. Awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned a few things there that I want to follow up with. But before we get into the technical, your technical career, uh, I want to see how, how are you doing with the whole uh, coronavirus and uh, stay at home mandate in North Carolina? I'm managing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you know, told one of my friends a couple of weeks ago, I think, you know, with the whole COVID-19, it's almost parallel, like the, the seven stages of grief or, or what have you. And, um, <laughs> through ebbs and flows, I have times where I'm definitely more anxious and then times where I'm at acceptance, um, so I think for me, I'm definitely managing. Um, the plus side is that, you know, working at home comes natural for most of us, you know, in our organization, as you know. So that wasn't a big impact, but you do miss the collaboration and meeting people in the hallways as you go, you know, downstairs for coffee or what have you. Um, and probably most importantly, I haven't seen my family since um, Christmas, um, so I'm oh, not... Wow. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and I, and, you know, I was about to go home right around this, the whole time that this actually hit. There was a family event um, in late February, early March, and I was going to go home that weekend, and then we, you know, canceled that. So I haven't been home since Christmas, but I am planning to go home Mother's Day weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've been making sure I self-sheltered uh, for, the, for the past couple of weeks, so I am definitely healthy and I'll go down home um, next weekend, which is Mother's Day weekend, and that'll be my first time seeing my family since Christmas. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it's uh, it's you know for us. We actually, so we had the baby at the beginning of February. We had our whole family come in mid-February to end of February. And then some of them had to like go back because of the whole uh, stay at home. So we did get to see the family. Um, but then we haven't gotten out of the house since then. So it's it's been, uh, it's been uh, a lot of intensive uh, care with with our new baby. So at least we, we got to spend some time with her. <laughs> that's uh, a good thing. That's, that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. I think a, that's most of my friends who have their kids at home and they're homeschooling. 
and working from home and, and doing all that, it's definitely a plus. Um, I think we're all looking forward to this to recede a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, so I wanted to ask you about your your background. I mean, 20 years in IBM, I don't think you see that very often anymore of uh, someone being around uh, a company for that long. And I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. You have been through a number of different roles. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what those type of roles would be and how did you uh, manage to uh, to move around? Yeah, sure. I started IBM right after college. So I've been here my only um, career and job since college. And I've always been in software um, development the, the whole entire time. Um, like the, in the probably five, ten years ago or so, it was software group, and then we've kind of rebranded that. But I've always been around the software group, software brand development. Um, and I've always say, you know, I talk a lot to locally here. I do a lot of mentoring for um, some of the universities and the K through 12 students, and I've done a lot of panels talking to students about my career. And it's definitely taken a path that I probably would never have expected being the 22-year-old graduated from college. And I I always say that I've been lucky to come into an organization like IBM with the values that we have and also just the sheer amount of opportunities. So for me, if anybody who knows me, they know that I'm a person who (laughs) I like to, you know, stick my hand in a whole lot of stuff, and I like to be creative. Um, And for me, you know, I need to be able to exhaust that creative energy. And IBM was perfect for that because I would think for probably my whole entire 20-year career, for the most part, I've always been on the cutting edge of new technologies. And so that kind of gives me a chance to kind of exercise my technical side, but also my creative side, like how do we go to market? So, I joined IBM, like you said, 20 years ago, and um, I actually started IBM doing L3 support, like level three support, which is like level three development, whereas, um, you know, calls come in from our clients, and it'll go to our level one and level two teams, and if they cannot resolve the issue, then it goes to the L3 team, and then it's almost like an accelerated or kind of escalated path to get to closure or fix for the client. So I started doing that, and I did that, and then that for about a year and a half. And then I moved to WebSphere, which um, was one of our brands that was just forming around that time, like early 2000, and it kind of coincided with the whole burst of middleware and also e-commerce. And so I, I started the WebSphere brand just about two years into the company, and I been the bulk of my career in WebSphere and then also moving to Watson and then now to blockchain in uh, like the past, all in like the past seven years or so. Um, but I moved around from software um, test and I made a conscious decision actually in my career to move from development to test because I was going to get my master's at that time at um, NC State. And I wanted something that was a little bit more predictable that I could manage with my course load. And I went to test, and I loved it. And, um, and I became a um, test manager and then an upline test manager and then went back to development. And as you can see from my <laughs> LinkedIn profile, I've kind of um, you know, gone back and forth, but I've always been around the development um, 
offering. And then just through several roles, I would say probably around my last um, dev manager role, I really was just interested in getting in front of the clients. Like I love like the hand, you know, the, like the, just the hands-on touch with the clients and just getting their direct feedback and working with them. And so before I went into services, software services, um, around 2014, I was aspiring to move that direction for probably a few years before that. And I took a lot of roles that kind of aligned to that path mm-hmm. that was keeping actually making that transition to go to software services in like 2014. And then, you know, that's where I'm at now. We're like, um, like I said, the North America practice leader for blockchain platform, which is part of our software services um, team. Very cool. So one of the things that you mentioned was taking a particular role because it fit your lifestyle at the moment, right? Um, which was uh, when you make the change to testing. Um, one of the things that most of my friends that are not IBMers don't really understand when you tell them you've been in IBM for so long is that you're not really doing, I mean, in most cases, you're not really doing one role, right? Like an IBM has very different roles that you can switch to. And basically you can have a whole career of jumping around within IBM itself. So can you tell me a little bit about um, you know, your decision to go to test because of your lifestyle or things that you were going to do different and how can, how would you advise someone to, to take into consideration if they do have some of those limitations, for example, going to school or someone that just had a new child or, you know, any other, um, limitation that they may have? the key like I have a close friend who is um, she's in healthcare and we both graduated like a year apart we've been friends since college and still good friends and it's interesting to see our careers parallel um, like I've been with IBM over 20 years but I've changed not only just positions but I've changed roles and what I do like what type of roles I do like I went from software developer to offering management because I wanted to get in the business side of like product and go-to-market and also services kind of fit in that go-to-market um, perspective as well. So I wanted to shift from, you know, delivering technology to halfway through my career, I started to go to the go-to-market side of it. And if I look at my friend, she's done similar things, but each time she had to leave a company to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think IBM affords you that. So, for example, I, you know, if you're a person who maybe you're in sales and, you know, sales sometimes come with heavy travel and I've seen folks who have gotten, you know, probably took like a sabbatical from sales for a couple of years and then go back into it. And I think that's the benefit of for IBM because you still have those underlying skills that still can transfer from job to job. So it's a natural progression. It's not necessarily a huge hump. The technology is still there. If you're still technical and you still have those business skills and kind of transfer from whether you're going from sales to development, you know, um, I have one of my employees who I, some years ago, probably about 10 years ago now, he went from sales um, to our team, which was development. Wow. <laughs> and then he went back to sales um, and that probably was because of some family decisions as well. So I definitely think if you can do it, it's just a matter of, 
you know, talking to, you know, your network and then realizing, you know, what, what skills you have, kind of making sure you assess that. And then for that next role, whether you want to go, it's, you know, you don't want to go too far. You know, there are some roles I would never do because it's like a, it's a true jump for me. It's not a natural progression. But just realizing the skills that you have, assess those, work with your network, and then see how, what opportunities may best fit your skills and then kind of the lifestyle change that you're like aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that I'm beginning to learn uh, recently, right? Because uh, up until now, uh, it's been my wife and I. So a lot of the career decisions that we have made have either been either economical or economic for economic reason. So more money or, or something like that. Or the decision has been made for experience, right? So we were looking for the experience to work with the specific technology or being in services. Uh, so I think this lifestyle change added a, a third dimension of why we make the decisions that we make in our career, uh, which I was not aware of before, yep. I guess. Uh, so and this it may is pretty change, neat. you know, and you may pivot, you may get to a point where, you know, I have friends who they may have um, young children and as the children get to middle school age or high school age, the decisions they make around the career changes alongside that. And mm -hmm. even for if you don't have, you know, children, you may have personal things. Like for me, um, as part of who I am, I really like to be tied to my community. I love doing volunteer work. Um, I'm very integrating to the arts community here. And so there was a period of time where I wanted to be here. Like I wanted, I didn't want to be on the road every week. Um, and so there may be jobs that I, did, I wouldn't have looked at because, you know, I don't mind traveling. And I, I did travel. I've been traveling for some years, but I don't mind traveling. But I didn't want to travel every week because I had ties to the community and my local community that I wanted to be here throughout the week. Um, so I think... There's a, there's a good balance. The one, the one good thing I say is here you can make those decisions without having to, like, uproot your whole, um, you know, past career, your whole inside network. You can do that and still be within the same company. Very cool. Uh, and I do want to ask you about your ties to the community and to the art, especially, specifically to the art community in your, in your area. But I'm going to go back to that in a minute. Uh, first, I mean, as you mentioned, you were, you, you, most of your career in IBM has been around the WebSphere, uh, brand. But then you make the, a big jump, uh, in 2014 to, to Watson Health, right? Um, and that was, I think that was a, a, a difference in, in more topic than, um, than role. But can you tell us a little bit about how was that big change from being so comfortable with a particular brand and the products in that brand to going to a completely different group, which is basically a different company? Yes, it was, um, it was exciting and scary. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting. I just took a, I just took a required manager course the other day, and it's actually really, really good. Um, and it talked about how do you get into that flow? Like, what's the flow of a role? And on, you know, it had like a four quadrant, you know, skills and challenge and, and some other things, the, the four quadrant. But like your flow is kind of when you are leveraging your skills, growing your skills, but you're doing challenging things where you still have support. Um, And it was definitely scary because 
as you can tell, I don't know anything about healthcare. care. <laughs> <laughs> MD <laughs> or anything like that. Um, I'm a technologist. That's a computer science degree, master computer science. Um, so that was the scary part. Part of the most comforting part of that was that I, you know, I wasn't alone. We were building this whole entire business unit of technologists and then also practitioners. So um, when I moved over to Watson Health, I also changed role from being a in in development and product development to services and like client facing services. Wow. And so that was also different. And I would say one of the best things about that whole experience of being in Watson Health, I was in Watson Health for about a little four and a half years or so. And the best part about that was just that was a change that we, I, before that I spent most of my career, um, you know, talking to clients as a dev manager, upline manager, we still talk to clients all the time. Usually it's on the reactive side where we're handling, you know, some sort of critical situation for them or some issue, but we're talking to them. And up until that point, it was usually always a technical team, the CTO, um, you know, the IT technical team, project managers, et cetera. But in, in Watson Health, our shift focus and our clients, you know, the people who, the stakeholders that our clients were actually the oncologists, the chief oncologists, the nurse practitioners, and things of that sort. So we had to hire um, skills needs not only to be on our client team, but also to help us develop this algorithm um, around the, in the clinical areas around Watson Health. And so on my team, I had not only technologists, but I also had an MD, I had a um, clinical practitioner, I had a nurse. Um, <laughs> so we had probably about 25% healthcare SMEs and 75% technologists. Wow. Um, so that makes me definitely comfortable. Um, but it's interesting that I saw that going through just four and a half years, even if the technical folks on the team, by the time, you know, you're talking to doctors and nurses every day and the clinical coordinators every day, um, that they actually picked up this language and they, they, like they say, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. (laughs) 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 If you didn't know, you you probably would have been fooled. So we, we started to build the skill like over time, but definitely no one would say we are a doctor. Like we just, you know, we say we just play one at work, but we're definitely not a doctor. Um, but that was a scary jump, but it was yeah. very rewarding to work with the a different set of stakeholders. And and I would say just the, the intrinsic value of what we were doing just resonated to, to them. In every meeting, every board meeting, you know, every playback we had around our solutions, at the core of what we were doing was really trying to make sure you know, that the patients, like the cancer patients were like at the forefront. And you could tell that. I mean, the sometimes the meetings were emotional, which was a different perspective from working with, you know, I would say in prior jobs where you're working with IT, it's all around the technical stuff. And, and in that role, it was really around the intrinsic kind of benefit we are bringing to these patients' lives every day. Wow. Yeah, that's that's going to be a big difference, you know, a big change. And like you said, it's very uh it's a it's a lot less about technology and more about the the 
the, the what the client is actually doing in a day-to-day basis, which is a completely different shift, right, on, on what you're used to. Um, so you were there for around four years, and then you make the jump down to, to, to blockchain and, and a couple of years ago, a completely different area as well. So was that a little bit easier coming from having done that big jump uh, from the beginning? say when I when I came to blockchain in 2018 I you know I was telling people I it feels like I was coming back home you know because I spent outside of the four or so odd years in Washington Health I spent most of my career around the middleware um, kind of set of technologies for IBM and I felt like I really it was like a coming home so actually not just with some of the same um, some of the same folks that I have known in my career prior to that, but leveraging some of the same skills before I went into Watson Health. Um, before I went into Watson Health and WebSphere, I had roles where we were just starting to develop the private cloud technologies for IBM and things of that sort. So I felt like it actually was coming home, coming. So it wasn't big of a transition, definitely a, a transition because blockchain is a huge scale of portfolio and technology that, that would still need to be um, learned, but it was kind of going back to working the technical aspect versus um, in Watson Health, there's like a whole, like, you know, healthcare, you can spend your whole career and not, you know, and still always be learning around healthcare. Um, <laughs> and that, like I said, that was none of our day jobs, but we had we did have people who that were their day jobs you know, so we had probably very key um SMEs on our team but i felt like it was a comfort level um to some degree uh, coming back to blockchain and then definitely still challenging because it's a whole new set of technologies to learn yeah yeah so that i had a similar similar experience when blo- jumping to blockchain a couple of years ago which uh, you know, how obviously I was I was dealing with technology already uh, in the analytics side and, you know, dealing with data type processes. So blockchain kind of relates to that. Uh, but the discussions are a little bit different and the type of people that you that you have to have those discussions with are a little bit different. So there was a, there was a little bit of a learning curve there. Um, mm-hmm. But that brings us back to what you're doing today, which is uh, managing the blockchain expert labs, right, for IBM. Can you tell us a little bit of what type of projects um, this group does? Yes. So we're part of, and I hate to use a lot of nomenclature that people probably won't know outside of IBM. <laughs> so <laughs> for IBM, we have um, software services and we have consulting services. In the software services arm, which is where we are, our, one of our goals is, as software services consultants, is we work very closely with our development team, the, the folks who are actually developing the commercial product um, to go out the door. We work very closely with them to build like highly specialized skills. And one of our goals is to help clients adopt that for us, it's IBM Blockchain Platform, adopt IBM Blockchain Platform, and to accelerate that and just, you know, basically build those skills where it's just, we are deep, deep means on Blockchain Platform. So for Expert Labs and Software Services is just one, one part of the, um, Expert Labs is one part of Software Services. 
Our particular piece is how do we help clients develop their actual um, blockchain network deployment? How do they scale that out? How do we assess it um, for production readiness? Um, so we have a set of offerings. If you look at like the journey of a blockchain engagement or a blockchain project, it would start somewhere off where you may have a client and say, hey, I've heard about this blockchain thing. You know, I think it could be useful <laughs> for our organization. Um, and then they may have some things where they ideate, you know, use cases, and then they will take those to POC and they may build the first pilot and et cetera. Our team will work alongside um that particular, we call it garage methodology, our garage team. Our team works alongside of that. We bring expertise in what's the best way to architect the network deployment? What's the, for, for performance, for scale, for high availability? So we're less so around the actual application and more so around the infrastructure that would support the application into scale and production. Um, so we have several offerings, like standard offerings that we're always iterating on as we hear from customers. And then we always can do like what we call like custom statement of work. Um, so we have deployment and configuration where that's just all around helping clients deploy their blockchain network. We have performance assessment, which is really one of a very popular one. I think it's probably besides the deployment configuration and the network architecture design um, performances, we hear that a lot because clients, and I think that's kind, that's kind of pivot to where or dovetail to where we see not just our clients, but the industry is going. So blockchain has been around for several years now. And you see, if you kind of think back three, four years ago, um, clients were interested. So you saw more kind of blockchain one-on-one or people doing use cases and a lot of the blockchain um, solutions at a client site were funded by their emerging technology or their innovation lab where they were kind of playing with the technology, which is typical for any new technology. But over the course of the last couple of years, clients are putting those use cases and those applications into production. Um, and the biggest thing, no matter what technology you have, performance is key. I actually used to be a performance um, test lead, which I love performance. I was a performance test lead for four years in WebSphere. And so that's the, you can have like the best, um, you know, UI or whatever you want to call it, but if it doesn't perform and um, it can't react to different unseen, like unforeseen issues, like if a server went down or some disaster, those are the key things that clients look for. So we see a lot of that. Um, we help a lot of our clients around um, doing performance benchmarks. We're actually doing one now, doing performance benchmarks um, to get them ready for production. Um, and also across not just our cloud, but multi-cloud, not just oh. IBM cloud, um, multi-cloud. So, so I think from what you mentioned, there, there's... I see five main area, five main areas that the team focuses on, right? So you have the deployment and configuration. This is uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, architectural consultancy, 
uh, on network, but blockchain network, let's say, uh, architecture or con consultancy. Then you have something uh, like a, a health check. Uh, this is very common when someone, when uh, a customer deploys their own network and they're looking for validation that they, that it was deployed correctly or that everything is according to plan. Uh, so we can help as a consultant in that, in that situation. And then you have the performance assessment part, uh, which is maybe the customer has been running blockchain for, for a little while and they're looking at um, you know, how do I improve performance or how do I get the most out of the, what the configuration that I have? And then you mentioned that you can also do that in the front end in order to have, uh, to, to come up with a performance assessment and a plan before you go into production as well. I think there's a, a fifth section there, which is, uh, special projects, right? So we are mm -hmm. involved in a number of different projects that doesn't fit exactly in one of these buckets that I mentioned, but that are blockchain related and are very uh, key to our customers. Now, what everyone wants to know, uh, it's going to be, you know, what's up with your photography and your photography project? Oh, <laughs> Well, I'm waiting for my uh, Pulitzer or something. Now. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about about you know your your photography? What do you do, uh, and and how do you interact with the art community in your in your local area? Sure. Yeah. So this is um, so I mentioned earlier that um, I have to create. Like I'm always doing something. Even at my house, I always have a project that I'm doing something creative, something, you know, whether it's putting together, like right now I have some African fabrics that I'm trying to figure out what to do with. Um, and I've been watching this um, fabric artist who's local here. I love her work <laughs> and I'm um, trying to see what can I do. I won't be nearly as good as she is, but, <laughs> but I'm always doing something creative. But one of my creative outlets is photography. I've always loved just documenting history since I was a child. And that probably came from the matter that my family never took pictures. So <laughs> that was a required thing when I was probably middle school or early, early middle school age, I asked for my first camera. And I would say, if you look at a lot of the pictures that we have um, as I was growing up, even now, I'm sort of, I'm sort of like the family documentarian. Um, and so I've been always taking pictures, always taking classes locally here and very involved in the Arts Council. I'm part of the Arts Steering Committee um, board as well. But it stemmed from just, just like the love of history and telling stories and not letting stories be lost. Um, and so long story short, I thought earlier in my lifetime, in my early 20s, that I wanted to do things like weddings and all the stuff like that. And I did it. I, I did that for a couple of years, and I it just did not add value or fulfilled me. Um, because I'll go back to the reason why I love photographs, and it's all around telling a story behind that, and not for like a commercial handoff, you know, transactional thing. Um, so I took a hiatus for several years, and um, probably around ten ish years ago. 
and and I kind of alluded to this that uh, I made some career decisions about ten years ago. So because I really wanted to give myself the space to say, how can I evolve in this part of my life? You know, I, I didn't want to be traveling every week or doing certain things that would take me away. I didn't want to wait and just be like, oh, I'll wait till you're retired. You know, <laughs> but I, I wanted to give myself to to see where could this go, and so. And I start to figure out, for me, I'm just a, um, I, I didn't say too much about my mom, but my mom is, she kind of taught me by example, just the core of you is to serve and to give back. And I don't do it as a conscious thing. It's just who I am. Like, I love giving back, love being an advocate for those people who are less fortunate or the underserved or the ones, folks who don't have a voice. And so around 10 years ago, I started um, thinking, like, you know what? I kind of want to be a documentarian uh, photographer, you know, telling stories and, and really immersing myself into not just a photograph, but the person behind it, you know, being with them and doing these documentary projects. And so we have, um, luckily, Duke here, Duke University, have a really good program called the Center for Documentary Studies. And I started with that program about 10 years ago, maybe maybe less, maybe a little less than 10 years ago, 8 to 10 years or so. And I've been doing that on and off, and I'm pretty much done. Um, but that kind of gave me the background to say, um, you know, how do I turn this love of history, of photo, you know, history behind photographs, telling stories into meaningful projects and those things that are close to my heart. And so I've, I've done quite a bit of projects, and um, luckily I have been selected for some exhibits around the area. So I've done, I think, two um, jury exhibits around two projects that I had, and then I've been juried into several other, like, full, um, I guess they were called kind of uh, group exhibits. And then but I did, like, two solo exhibits of myself, of, like, my, my projects. And I try to pick those things that are close to things that I'm passionate, t- topics and stories that I'm passionate about. And I want to, if I had to have it my way, I would love to be, like, a freelance, you know, um, documentary journalist for something like New York Times or something like that. <laughs> that would be uh, one of my just passion to do something. You know, even like 10, 20 hours a week. We have a really good local um, independent paper here, and I, I've reached out to them like, I'll just work for free. <laughs> they, they do a really good job in marrying um, photographs and stories around the topics that we should all care about. Um, and that's kind of how that's where I see, you know, when I think about art, I want to do art, like meaningful, you know, art for good. Um, Like we always say, you know, uh, we always say like, you know, this technology for social good, but that's kind of where I pivot around, like I said, eight to 10 years ago. Like I, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it for a meeting and for some, from some good and to, to raise voice, to raise visibility for a topic that people don't care about or they, I don't say they don't care about, but it's just not at the top of our minds, and it's not something that has a platform today. Yeah, yeah, raising awareness for 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 topics that are less focused on. That's awesome. Well, Veronique, thank you so much for your time and, and being here on on the podcast. I truly appreciate it. 
Thank you. It's been awesome. And I hope you, I, get, well, I didn't ask you, how are you guys doing through this whole COVID-19? I hope you and your family are doing well and um, thriving and hopefully making the, uh, the best use of it. Um, it's been a pleasure to be here. We're doing, we're doing well. We're doing well. Uh, it, it hasn't been a huge impact. It, personally, it's been a little bit of an impact because I do miss going to a coffee shop and just hanging out with friends. But uh, my wife is thriving on this, uh, not having to get out of the house uh, deal. So uh, she's, she's loving it. <laughs> so for all the listeners, if you want to learn a little bit more about IBM blockchain platform, check out our website at ibm.com slash blockchain and if you want to learn a little bit about um, uh, Veronique's uh, photography where can they go Veronique they can go have a my website it is I am the Veronique.com very easy <laughs> I'm going to change it <laughs> <laughs> don't change it that's awesome all right well thank you so much again uh, appreciate your time and see you next time thank you thank you Miguel Thank you.